welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Stars Daily Sports Podcast. It's Thursday, November 12th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. We got a terrific show today. The subject is college basketball, which is set to tip off its regular season in less than two weeks, so there's plenty to talk about. We're keeping it in the Sunflower State today with beat writers Jesse Newell and Gary Bedore, who cover KU, Calus Robinette, who covers Kansas State, and Taylor Eldridge, who covers Wichita State. They preview their teams and tackle other topics. Among those topics, will Greg Marshall, who is embroiled in controversy after alleged abuse of a player and assistant coach, be on the sideline for the Shockers opener? When can KU expect to hear findings from the NCAA over its alleged violations? And how much of a rebuild year is this for Kansas State? The conversation started as a Sports Beat Live on Thursday morning. It's now presented as a Sports Beat KC podcast. So let's get going. Good morning and welcome to Sports Beat Live, our weekly conversation, usually with the Chiefs. But the Chiefs aren't playing this weekend, so we thought we would use this time to talk some college basketball with that season on the doorstep. Let me tell you who is here today to help us uh, break down college hoops in the Sunflower State. We got Gary Bedore and Jesse Newell who cover KU. Hey guys, how you doing? Good, Blair. How about you? Great, doing Blair. fine. See and you. Taylor Elch covers the, the Wichita State Shockers for the Wichita Eagle and Kansas City Star. Taylor, how's it going? Hey, doing well. Thanks for having me on. Sure, sure. And we're going to be joined a little bit later by Kellis Robinette, who covers Kansas State for the the Star and the Eagle as well. So. Uh, those of you who have joined us for Chiefs Conversations, you know how this works. Um, we will uh, uh, join us with your questions and comments. We'll get to as many of them as we can. And we are here to talk college hoops. It's, it's coming. There's no stopping it. There was stopping it uh, back in March. Uh, it came to a halt. I was going to ask you guys where you were, what you were doing when, when the college hoop tournaments ceased. I think Gary... And Jesse and I were at then Sprint Center waiting for the Big 12 tournament to continue. But Taylor, had the, had the American Conference uh, tournament started? or where, It was in Fort Worth, I believe. Yeah, it was. And yeah, it was. Uh, I remember on Wednesday night um, watching the, the, I was actually watching the Thunder Jazz game about to start, and then it didn't start at all. And that was right when, you know, the coronavirus, that was basically the first major event was, you know, the Rudy Gobert test. And, um, you know, that, that kind of created the snowball effect. And um, when I saw that, I texted because WSU wasn't going to play until Friday in Fort Worth. So we were kind of, I mean, we were going to leave on Thursday. But like once I saw that, I, uh, I texted my, uh, uh, my photographer who I was going to go with and I was like, I don't think this thing's going to happen. Like, if the NBA is canceling their season, I don't think there's any way the NCAA boy is able to, you know, play. So, um, yeah, I, I I texted him. I said, let's just lay low and uh, let's not leave tomorrow. Let's see what happens. And sure enough, like, I think it was like an hour or two before the first scheduled game on Thursday, uh, the American was one of the, you know, several conferences that, that plugged the or pulled the plug on their conference tournament. So, yeah, we were right about to leave for, for Fort Worth for the conference tournament, and, and uh, I ended up not going. So some people, some WSU people were had actually already been in Fort Worth, so they made the drive all the way down there and then, you know, obviously didn't get to see any basketball. So um, we were lucky enough to, to, to not have to drive all the way back. So Had you guys – hey, Jesse, Gary, had you guys already come over to Kansas City that morning? <clears throat> 
Yes, we were at a Sprint Center, now T-Mobile, and we walked, when we got the word, we walked over to the KU Hotel. They were up at the Marriott a few blocks away, and we uh, waited to talk to Bill Self before they got on the bus to go back. So uh, we were just waiting for the the KU game and got the word and headed up to the team hotel where we talked to self briefly. I'll never forget uh, standing in line uh, in, in the media entrance to get into T-Mobile center. And uh, the, the media entrance was right next to a player's family entrance. So uh, just, uh, just one door over and Texas and Texas tech were playing in that first game at 11.30 a tip. I think Kansas was going to play the winner, or the, the Kansas game was next, right? They were going yeah. to play the second game that day. And um, and I, there was a mother of a Texas player on her phone, and she was nodding her head and whispering to mm. the people around her, there's not going to be a game today. There's not going to be a game today. So this was like 45 minutes before we knew anything. Mm. And finally, Bob Bowlesby had the the press conference in yeah. the T-Mobile Center that – no hoops that day, but we didn't know then that the NCAA tournament was off. We were still thinking that night that, uh, well, maybe they'll, they'll still have the NCAA tournament but won't let media in or won't let fans in, and they'll just have to make, make some kind of arrangement. But I, I think it was the next day, right? It was Friday because you know, we're talking about the, you know, the, the conference tournaments being canceled on Thursday. I think Friday was the day of the NCAA tournament announcement, no NCAA tournament, which was – what a, I mean, what a blow for Kansas, right? Uh, yeah. Twenty-eight and three, the number one team in the country. The um, would have been the overall number one seed. I don't know if they would have lost that, no matter what the results of the Big Twelve tournament were going to be. But that's that spins us forward to this season, and a lot has happened in the off season, even in a country that has been slowed and, in some cases, shut down by the pandemic, um, and. Taylor, we're going to start with you because the big news in college basketball nationally is um, is in your town and what's going on with Greg Marshall. And you've been you've been all over this story and um, and have uh, uh, in fact I, we should probably uh, alert our viewers that uh, you might have to pop off in case something else breaks. But how about bringing us up to speed on on where things stand with with Greg Marshall? Just to kind of take us through a little bit of a timetable and. And where things stand now? Yeah, so uh, basically the the big story came back in October. I think it was October 9th when um, Stadium published uh, the results of its six month investigation by Jeff Goodman. Um, he talked to Shaquille Morris, a former Wichita State basketball player, and he alleged that you know Coach Greg Marshall had hit him twice in uh, in the head uh, during a practice, and he also said that uh, he also alleged that he saw Marshall put his hands around an assistant coach's uh, throat. And so those are the two uh, major allegations. Uh, there's also, um, you know, uh, things that have come up about him using demeaning language, uh, just uh, insults that just cross the line. And uh, that's come from a lot of, you know, uh, from former WSU players, from former Winthrop players. But it's also important to note that, you know, there's still a lot of former players from Greg Marshall that will go to bat for him and they swear by his coaching style and that's from Winthrop and Wichita State so um, yeah it's just it's kind of been a mixed basket and so basically that story came out um, WSU had actually already hired a law firm to conduct an independent investigation our records show that they hired them on August 25th so 
um, well before that story actually dropped. But uh, so this is almost, you know, a three month thing now. And um, yeah, it's starting to heat up. And, uh, you know, Jeff Goodman and then CBS Sports, they they reported with a source that WSU is expected to part ways with Greg Marshall. And they said as soon as Wednesday, obviously Wednesday came and went, nothing happened. Uh, from what my sources have told me, uh, they've said they've heard that thing. They, they've heard that it, it might be trending that way, but they nobody could tell me 100% like that was, you know, the fate is sealed. WSU's decisions already made. So um, right now I cannot report that, you know, Greg Marshall will not be the basketball coach at WSU, but there are a lot of rumblings out there that that will be the case. But as of right now, uh, he's still the coach. Uh, he has not you know, resigned. He has not been fired, you know, as, as far as I know and as far as what my sources have told me. So, yeah, it's just an ongoing thing now. And, you know, it's just crazy that, you know, this is, you know, less than two weeks before the start of the season now. So to, to have the timing of this, too, that just kind of throws a wrench in everything, too, because, you know, the players now, I mean, they weren't involved in any of this stuff. And now, you know, their coaches, you know, amid a you know, a controversy like this at the, you know, an, an investigation and they might not have their coach, you know, two weeks before regular season. So um, it's just uh, it's a crazy deal. And uh, yeah, it's just going to be an hour by hour thing. And uh, it, I mean, I'm expecting some news by the end of the week, but, but we'll see. Hey, Taylor, uh, this is kind of tying into KU now because there's been some reports out there that potentially Danny Manning could have his name end up there. And for potentially, you know, if this does go through, there could be some candidates you would think that would want to jump in right away. So coming from another program might be a, a kind of a difficult thing, especially if, uh, like you said, two weeks until the season. So um, any thoughts on that front on who they might be looking to? I know there's a lot of people in the Wichita State tree as well, um, the Chris Jans types that might uh, potentially be interested. But uh, just any initial thoughts? I know it's putting the cart before the horse, but uh, any initial thoughts on where Wichita State might turn if if Greg Marshall is not the coach anymore. Yeah, exactly. And I think there's just so much to sort out before we even get to there. I mean, that's like you said, I mean, it's obviously you're looking down the line and, and like I reported, you know, there's as, as of now, you know, nothing has happened with Greg Marshall, but if that was to happen, the next uh, question would be, you know, what happens with athletic director, Darren Boatwright, you know, he, he would be the decision maker in that. And, uh, there's a lot of people who have said that, you know, if Greg Marshall gets fired, then that, that might mean that, you know, Darren Boatwright also gets fired. Um, so we'll have to see about that. Um, from what I've been told, you know, I've heard conflicting things about that, that um, um, as far as Darren's job and, uh, but it's, you know, it's just completely up in the air and that would be something where, you know, it's an interim president right now at Wichita State. So it's, we don't, they don't have a, you know, a, a, a real president and, uh, and then, you know, the athletic director's job in jeopardy and then, you know, the, the men's basketball coach's job in jeopardy. In jeopardy. So um, it would be a big question mark who would even hire uh, the next basketball coach. So, you know, if if this thing does go down, if Greg does lose his job, um, you'd have to think that they promote from within. You know, Isaac Brown is, um, you know, the most experienced assistant coach. But uh, then we'd have to see, you know, if, if Coach Marshall goes down, then, uh, who who goes down with them too? Like um, it'll be interesting to see like how much fallout there is if they do indeed end up firing him. And um, but yeah, I mean I think Chris Jans uh, that's probably the top of the wish list for WSU fans. He's obviously has ties to Marshall. 
uh, went to New Mexico State and has just been, you know, turn, turning them into a mid-major powerhouse. And, you know, obviously with uh, stuff that's going down, down in New Mexico, they can't even practice. They don't even know if they'll be, they'll be able to, to play this season. So uh, who knows? Maybe James is able to, to make that jump, you know, right away because they're not they might not be able to play regardless and uh and obviously wsu fans you know they have so many good memories with him on the sidelines i think he'd be number one at the top of the list uh, greg hires another one uh who's who's uh, now at east tennessee state as an assistant coach uh same thing he was here during you know the glory years at wsu as an assistant coach um you mentioned danny manning that one kind of surprised me that one kind of came out of left field but um I mean, the report said that that WSU has reached out to him. I'm just everyone I've told I talked to uh, was pretty bewildered by that. That's like who would be reaching out to him, to any coach right now? Because you know everyone's job is kind of up in the air, and uh, like the acting president's not going to be reaching out to you know Thad Mata or or Danny Manning. So um, it, it it'll be interesting to see. But yeah, I would say Jan's number one. Uh, Greg Heyer would also be up there. Maybe Earl Grant at College of Charleston. He's another former uh, Marshall assistant. Uh, but there's also a chance that, you know, WSU, if they if they fire Greg Marshall, they might just say, hey, we don't want to go down his coaching, street, coaching tree and we just want to go, you know, clean slate, go in another direction. But there are a lot of really, really good candidates from the Greg Marshall coaching tree. So um, a lot of good options, and it'll be definitely interesting to see. But I, I wouldn't expect them to, to make a hire until next spring at, at the earliest just because, you know, it's so close to the season. I think they're just going to have to go with, you know, probably Isaac Brown as, as the, the interim for, for this season if that does happen. All right, Kellis Rodinettis joined us. Kellis, how you doing? Good. Sorry I'm late, fellas. No, no, happy to have you here. Hey, hey, Taylor, before we wrap it up, that at least this topic with Wichita State, just based on your reporting, there were a couple of things I, I think are important to bring out, one of which Greg Marshall's not with the team right now, correct? He's, uh, he, or he's not coaching the team. Is he at practices? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of the, the question mark is that uh, he was coaching um, last week in practices, and then on Monday and Tuesday he was absent from the practices, and then Wednesday – they did not practice. So, um, yeah, I had confirmed that with the, the university. And then I asked them, was that because, you know, you suspended, uh, suspended with pay and they would not directly answer that question. They just said that he was taking some personal time off. So, you know, it's unclear. I mean, I know the easy assumption is just to, to jump and say, OK, he's, he's not the, he's not the coach anymore. But, you know, with the, the, uh, the coronavirus uh, stuff going on, it is entirely possible that he is, you know, maybe in quarantine. I've been told by a source that there is a person on the staff that, that does have the virus right now. So it is entirely possible that is just because he's, he's quarantining, but um, yeah, it is kind of um, unusual. I mean, obviously two weeks before the, the start of the season, I don't think he's willingly, you know, taking time off, but it very well could be that he's just in quarantine. Um, but yeah, I, no one is uh, confirming that. Okay. And just a couple of the quick points the, the incidents that, uh, that that have been alleged occurred in in one in 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 2015 2016 one in 16 17 season um, n- nothing before or after at least in terms of your reporting based on the the, the the similar type of incidents and I also find it and, and you talked to players who cooperated people who were on that those teams cooperated those the incidents, the p- punching uh, Shaq in the in the back of the head, and then the the assistant coach who was who was choked. 
Um, the other thing that I find interesting is uh, of the, the the most famous of Wichita State players over the last decade, the you know the Ron Bakers, the Fred Van Vliet's, they they, they haven't publicly commented on this and i don't know what that says or what to read into that but i just find it interesting that the that the support has been from the community uh ad in the in the wichita eagle um you know a a lot of uh social media support but but nothing from the, the players who we know best from those teams yeah and um you know and it's also important to to point out that all three of those guys were there for at least one of the incidents so um yeah i mean it's uh and that's been the common theme is that you know every player that has come out and supported greg marshall which has been plenty they were all before that time period most of them were early in his wichita state days and, and back in winthrop so um no player from the 2015 16 or the 16, 17 teams, like you said, when the two physical uh, assaults, alleged assaults occurred, um, no player from those teams ha- has said anything. Um, you know, some of them have actually come out on social media and, and kind of hinted that they did happen. And then, like you said, I mean, I've been able to, you know, independent, independently confirm with five different players that the Shaq punch happened and then eight different players on the 16, 17 team that the Linstead, um, hands around the throat and squeeze incident also occurred. So, you know, the players are telling me that these things happen. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just going to come down to what they told the investigators. And, you know, back when this first broke, that was the big question was that a lot of the players were not talking to the investigators because they felt like, you know, it was a, a firm hired by WSU and from, what they thought, they thought that, you know, Marshall just had WSU in their pocket. So they didn't think it was going to be a, a fair, unbiased investigation. So no, not, not very many of them talked to the investigators to begin with. Um, I think that might have changed when uh, uh, Coach Marshall came out with his statement and completely denied ever, you know, striking a, a player, putting his hands on a colleague, uh, just came out and outright denied it. And I think that kind of spurred, uh, the former players to come out and, and talk to the investigators. And um, it'll be interesting to see see what plays out. Like I said, I mean, I, I've been told that, you know, we're going to have a, a resolution here pretty soon. Um, so, yeah, it's just going to be a, an hour-by-hour hour thing. And uh, we'll be – I'm sure that a lot of WSU fans will be checking Twitter and, and refreshing for updates. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. 
please visit kansascity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Okay, let's, uh, before we go to uh, some actual previews of seasons and teams, let's just get a quick update on on the uh, off-court news at Kansas where the Jayhawks are, um, uh, uh, you know, we know that they are the, the, the subject of NCAA investigation. It has gone to the independent panel. They are considering the, uh, the, the Kansas case right now, the, the multiple level one violations alleged by the NCAA. So, Jesse, how about just give us a kind of a quick update on where things stand, where things stand and where they might be going. And I, I know it's uh, n- nobody knows the timetable when dealing with the NCAA. Well, it's difficult. Yeah. Uh, just a quick update on this is that there aren't many updates and it's going to be difficult to know how the process plays out because this process hasn't played out yet before um, with the independent panel. But yeah, I mean, that's the big elephant in the room for this entire season is basically what's going to happen with Kansas when the word drops from that independent panel and a uh, a punishment comes for Kansas and it's five level one violations uh, alleged by the NCAA. So what we know about it, um, you know, I've talked to kind of the chair of the committee with that. And um, after the last thing that they said, which was basically that KU had been accepted into that new independent panel, uh, they're not going to have any public proclamations until there is a resolution. And so behind the scenes, there's going to be, um, you know, a group that looks into the process, a group that potentially changes up KU's uh, notice of allegations, and then they're going to have a hearing. Uh, and so we don't know how coronavirus affects this. We don't know about the timeline exactly because this hasn't played out. We also know that there's other schools, Memphis, NC State, uh, that are already in this panel as well. So maybe some of those that went in before Kansas, their, their cases will be done uh, sooner. Maybe not. But uh, I think we can probably safely assume end of 2020, which is kind of what we're getting to right now, or early 2021, there's going to be some sort of announcement that comes out and says, hey, this is what Kansas gets. Remember, as part of this new thing, Kansas cannot formally uh, appeal this through the NCAA, uh, whatever the ruling is, but they could potentially go to a higher court if they feel like the ruling is too unfair. But um, it kind of leaves you in that little um, uncertain mode, because let's say this news broke in late January. Um, If Kansas has any say at that point, I would assume that Bill Self would look at his players, know that they've been through two-thirds of a season, want those guys to play out the rest of the season since they've already started this season. And if KU has any say, they'll probably want to push any sanctions off um, you know, into the future. But if KU doesn't get a say in that, there is precedent for the NCAA in past years where if a team wants to take its postseason ban or um, it's early enough that you can kind of take your postseason ban that year. Or uh, if it's one or two years, you know, you could start your punishment right then. So that would be kind of something to follow. But um, unfortunately, right now for us, unless it's things that are leaked, which potentially could happen as well, this is going to be kind of a hush-hush process until it's settled. And um, that just leaves kind of KU's season and KU's more of the future of the program rather than the season. You would assume, again, if I was guessing, that this season will probably go off and KU will be able to play in the postseason this year and then serve whatever punishment afterwards. But we're not in, we're exactly clear on that. We're not exactly clear on a lot of things, but that still kind of looms as that gray cloud over the course uh, of this season. <clears throat> okay, well, it's it's business as usual in a COVID-19 world, uh, business as it can be, I guess, in the pandemic uh, at, at Lawrence, Manhattan, and, and Wichita in terms of getting a team ready for a basketball season. Uh, first day of games, November 25th, so two weeks from yesterday. And Gary, uh, KU number six in the preseason AP poll after finishing first last year. They lose 
Devon Dotson and Yudoka Azubuki and uh, and Moss, the three-point shooter. They've got a lot of talent returning, and um, you and I talked about this recently, but let's go over again what um, let's let's put it this way: Who ends up being KU's scoring leader this year? Who's who's um, who are the double-digit figure scores for Kansas? Well, Self says uh, he always and we know likes to play with through the bigs. So David McCormack is supposed to be able to replace Doak's production and even drift outside a little bit for that ten footer. Uh, Marcus Garrett. Everyone says has the ball in his hands the most of anybody as the point guard. So he could be, you know, a double digit scorer. Uh, Then you've got Christian Brown, who's supposed to be the star of the preseason camp, who can hit a three. And uh, he might be very, they might go to him a lot for threes because he he can make them. Ochai Agbaji self says has improved his shot quite a bit and uh, figures to be, you know, they really need him to emerge this year, his junior year. They've got a batch of wings to work with, really not many bigs. Mitch Lightfoot will come off the bench uh, as a big, but they've got all these wings like Tristan and Aruna, Tyon Grant Foster, uh, Jalen Wilson has improved his body, I guess, and has really improved according to everybody. So they have self said he could play up to, I think he was saying six perimeter guys. So uh, they keep saying that it'll be scoring by committee. Don't know what Jesse thinks. If anybody will take over and be the 16 to 20 point man, I would guess Bill would love for that to be McCormack. Yeah, it's interesting with KU's roster because David McCormack is a guy who's never been hesitant to shoot, and now he's going to get a lot more playing time. So I guess the question becomes, will he be an efficient scorer, and will that be the way that Kansas wants their offense to go? Because as Gary said, his strength is more away from the basket, kind of those spot-up shots 10 to 12 feet, whereas Bill Self's offense is usually predicated about around throwing the ball you know, over the top, getting a big man the ball two feet from the rim, and then he dunks it or lays it in. So um, David will probably want to take that role, but I guess it'll be up to the KU coaching staff whether he gets that role. Because, again, like I said, even when he's been on the bench in future or, or in past years, it's been interesting because he's never been afraid to shoot. I mean, he shoots as much as about anybody on a per-minute basis, but it'll be a matter of if those shots are efficient. Now, the good news for him is he's a really good free-throw shooter. So if he can kind of battle inside and get to the line – that's a, a great possession for Kansas if you can end up with two free throws from a big man who shoots about 81%. But Gary went over, over all the suspects there. Marcus Garrett's going to have the ball in his hands a bunch. He's going to play a bunch of minutes, so he's a candidate, and he's great scoring with his right hand on drives. Ojai Abaji, if he emerges, you know, he did a great job of playing into his role last year where it was really Doak and Dotson's show. He didn't have to be a big-time scorer. Now okay, you might need him to be that. And then kind of the wild card is Christian Brown. We know if you can hit an open three-pointer – and then also do that off the dribble on the move. It's a really dangerous weapon. We've seen Devontae Graham do that in the NBA and really take over where, hey, that's really tough to guard. If you can hit deep threes, uh, threes off the dribble, threes off the pick and roll. Uh, and if KU kind of wants to really revolutionize what it does, which Bill Self has done a lot in the last couple of years, both offensively and defensively, Christian Brown could be a big piece of that because it's really difficult to guard a guy who can hit a three when he's moving around, uh, much like Christian Brown can. 
Kalis, I was going to ask you to, to identify a, a Kansas State player who might be able to come off the pace and surprise us as a, as a, you know, a borderline all-conference candidate. But when I look at K-State's roster, that's like anybody, right? I mean, they're just, they're just only one or two established guys on this roster, full of newcomers, and it's as if Bruce Weber's starting over with this team. Yeah, it's pretty crazy to think about, but the only guy still standing from the teams that won a Big 12 championship and made it to the Elite Eight in very recent years is Mike McGurl. Everybody else is gone. He's the only guy on this team with the championship ring, even though it happened, like I said, two years ago. So a lot of turnover in Manhattan, and um, you know we've seen it before. It happened when they ran off Marcus Foster and a bunch of those guys and replaced them with Dean Wade, Kamau Stokes, and Barry Brown. And things actually worked out pretty good for them that that time around. They built things up, got to that elite eight, won a Big Twelve championship. So now we're going to see if Bruce Weber can do it again. But they actually have even more new guys coming in this season. Last time it was seven or eight. This time it's nine. So outside of McGurl, there's just a lot of question marks. Who's going to score? Who's going to start? Who's going to hit threes? Um, I, without seeing him practice, it's really hard to say. But if you're going to identify one guy like you asked, who could maybe uh, take on a bigger role this season who we haven't heard from a lot in the past. The two guys I would look for are maybe DeJuan Gordon, who did play some last season, and Bruce Weber went out of his way to say he was uh, becoming a leader as a freshman. His stats weren't all that great, but you know what? If he could uh, develop more of an outside shot, he could really be uh, in contention for their leading scorer this season. Then the other guy I would keep an eye on is Selton Miguel, a uh, very heralded freshman, maybe one of the more talented freshmen they've ever had come through Manhattan. Um, the tricky part is he plays the same position basically as Mike McGurl and, and uh, just one Gordon. So this might be hard to come by, but he's a good scorer. He can get to the basket. Um, he's, he's a guy I'll be looking for off the bench. Let me ask you about a couple of newcomers though, Kellis. How, how about Nigel Pack? Is he, is this, do we pencil him to start a point guard as a freshman? I think so. It'll be either him or Rudy Williams uh, at point guard taking over for uh what, what they've had in the past. Um, and I, I think that'll be, you know, if, if we were allowed in to, to watch preseason position battles this season, that would be the one I'll be watching just because somebody's got to play, somebody new has to play point guard. It's either going to be Nigel Pack, the four-star freshman, uh, or Rudy Williams, uh, a little bit more experienced junior college guy. I, I lean Pack in this situation because I think he's a little bit better scorer. He's the first guy they took in their last recruiting class. They really, really wanted him. Um, he's from Indianapolis and kind of surprisingly didn't get a look from Indiana or Purdue, but Bruce Weber has got a lot of roots and recruiting ties in that Midwest area. And when it, when he saw him play, he just couldn't believe it, thought he had to get in as, as quick as possible and lock him down before these other schools realized what they were missing on. So they're very high on him. Um, I, I think he's probably the answer there, but again, I, not to keep comparing things to the past year, but I think you're going to see a lot like, um, that first year when they were rebuilding four or five years ago, when they split time between Kamal Stokes as a freshman and Corby Irvin as a Juco point guard, they're both going to play. Okay. And I need a pronunciation guide for the UTEP transfer. Kayosi Izagu. Oh man, not even close. (laughs) Uh, Casey, believe it or not, his first name is Casey. I'm going to write that down. uh, (laughs) I was as stunned as anything. Um, there are a lot of guys in this lat- latest recruiting class that when I called them up on the phone to introduce myself, the first thing I had to say is, uh, can you, can you pronounce your name for me? Cause I don't want to, I don't even want to attempt it, but yeah, Casey, K A O 
SI somehow is Casey. Casey is is Igloo. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's kind of the uh, the poster boy for their new front court this season. Um, they've replaced pretty much every single player in there. There's you're not going to see McCall Maywean anymore. Um, and then they had three or four guys who'd just been on the bench forever, not really playing much, that finally chambered out. And now they've uh, used a lot more size, a lot more shock, shocking ability with him and Davion and Carl Lingard and some other players who were all 6'11 or taller. Um, I think it'll still be on offense, but it seems like these guys are better finishers than they've had in the past, and they're much better shot, shot blockers. So I think that's something that maybe they utilize a little bit more with some zone looks, something that Bruce Weber doesn't love to do. But if it keeps a, keeps a guy down near the basket as a rim protector, I think they'll try it and – uh, you know, Casey, when he was at UTEP, he let him in blocks, was a really good rebounder. Um, he, he's got two parts of his game down. It's just a question of can he bring the offensive round to match it. Okay. And, Taylor, a lot of newcomers at Wichita this year too, right? Um, let me ask you this before we get into the team. Were they, they had some work to do to get into the tournament last year, didn't they? They would have to have had a good conference tournament. And uh, they had such a great start. I remember they beat Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, then back-to-back games last season. But – Mm-hmm. Uh, but but a tough finish and had probably put themselves on the wrong side of the bubble. Yeah, it, it would have been interesting to, to see. I mean, uh, it just depended on who you looked at. You know, on some uh, projections, they were on the right side of the bubble. They were one of the first four teams in. Uh, but on, I think if you look at Bracket Matrix, they were actually, you know, one of the unanimous. I think they were uh, not even in the first four. They were pretty clearly in. So, but I think Luinardi had them out. And um, Jerry Palm had him out. So, yeah, it would, it would have been right there on the bubble. I think they would have had to, to beat UConn in that first game to feel good about things. And, um, you know, UConn gave them a really good game um, the last, I mean, pretty much every game. So um, it would have been a good matchup. But, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, like you said, I mean, they started off uh, just on fire. They looked like a top 25 team. You know, they had all these sophomores. And it looked like, man, the future is so bright with, you know, such a young core. And then, yeah, it just, uh, just kind of fell apart there at the end of the season. And it, it's so weird because you say fall apart, and they still could have been in the NCAA tournament. They still had, you know, if you look at just the – if I told you before the season they were going to end, you know, 23 wins, um, you know, top top half of the conference. You know, a lot of WSU fans would have taken that. That's right around where we thought they would be before the season. But, you know, when they were – 14 and one and ranked 16th in the country or whatever it was, um, you would have liked a, a, a lot better finish than that. So yeah, it was, it was setting up to be right there on the bubble. They would have probably had to, to win that first game in the conference to feel good about things. Okay. So let's go down their roster real quick. What, um, if they've got some guys, some returning scores back, right. A couple starters and, um, and NTN who, who, uh, who are they going to lean on this year, even without knowing who the coach might be when the season? Yeah, is? yeah, it's uh, and then they obviously had the the mass accidents uh, this last spring too. I mean, they lost uh, you know Eric Stevenson, Jamarius Burton, Grant Sherfield. All three of those guys were you know underclassmen, supposed to be building blocks for the future. Showed a lot of really good signs, especially JB. I thought he was going to be a really, really good, uh, really, really good player and. Um, so they lost three really, really talented players. And Noah Fernandes, too, was a, a nice little spark off the bench. And he was just a freshman as well. So, um, you know, that sounds like a lot. But really, uh, you know, they, they were so deep last year that they, they were able to, you know, absorb those losses. And they still have, like, a pretty salty starting five. I mean, 
Tyson Etienne is back for his sophomore season. He had a really, really good freshman year. He's a sharpshooter, one of the best shooters in the conference. Dexter Dennis uh, put his name in the NBA draft. He's He came back for his junior year. Uh, they're going to be looking for him to take that jump. Uh, so far, he's just been right around, you know, that eight, nine, ten points uh, per game scoring. And I think they're going to look for him to take that big jump to become, you know, a, a 13, 14, 15 point a game score. Um, uh, Trey Wade is back for his senior year as the stretch four. Um, he's really solid, you know, a good defender, good rebounder, plays bigger than he is. Um, so he's solid. And then at center, they're going to have a lot of production to replace in Jaime Echenique. But, you know, they have a three-headed attack like they usually do. Morris Udeze came back. Uh, Isaiah Porbert Chandler is back. For, they're both juniors. And then they have a redshirt freshman, Joseph Bilal. He's just been banged up. And uh, they really love his upside, but he just cannot stay healthy. But uh, Udeze, is, uh, Udeze and Porbert Chandler have both taken pretty big strides. Um, so, I think they're they're feeling good about center, and then they have Altariq Gilbert coming in as the UConn grad transfer at point guard, and uh, they think he's been you know lights out. Uh, everything everybody I've talked to in the program has said this guy is the real deal. Uh, he's looking like one of their best players in practices. So uh, that starting five they feel really really good about, but you know everything else is just a major question mark. You know a lot of JUCOs coming in, uh, three pretty talented freshmen, but. I don't know if they're going to be able to contribute right away. So just a lot of question marks on the bench. But, you know, WSU, they feel like they can be right back around, you know, where they were at the end of last season, you know, low 20s wins and, you know, right there on the bubble of the NCAA tournament. Okay. So much uncertainty, though, with the Shockers and, and what's going to happen with, with Greg Marshall. Um, great information today, you guys. I, I, want to, I want to end this by asking each of you, what you think the percentage chance is of the team that you cover playing its entire regular season schedule? Um, we know that in college football right now, what is it, four of the seven SEC games have been called off for Saturday, including Missouri's game against, uh, against Georgia at Columbia. Um, college basketball has had more than, uh, more than a half a year to prepare for this season and prepare for – this season in a pandemic, I know the numbers are are trending in the wrong direction right now. But let's uh, um, let's take a stab at this percentage chance of, uh, of of the team that you cover playing its entire regular season schedule. Jesse, let's start with you. I guess I'll go optimistic and say fifty fifty. <laughs> um, there's just so many more challenges with basketball, and, and I I hate to end on that note that this sort of is, but I, I will say this: I'm. I'm really excited to see basketball again. I mean, I know Taylor kind of is the same way where he'd like to dive into some of the X's and O's and see what teams are scheming and how they're using certain players. We just talked about Christian Brown, David McCormick, all that sort of drama that comes together in a season. I'm just ready to see how it plays out, and um, hopefully this can be pushed to the side. I think the problem with college basketball is obviously the big problem, which is in college football, if you have five or ten guys that you can quarantine on their own and keep them away, you can still – Play your game. It's going to be a lot more challenging in basketball if you have twelve or thirteen guys on your roster and one or two of them gets it. You know, you probably have to sit out for a couple of weeks. And with some of the tracing, uh, you know, procedures that are out there, it's going to be difficult. So, um, I guess optimistically 50-50, But like I said, whenever they get these games in, I'm just I'm looking forward to seeing how these teams react and play and, and the things that they do and, and and the guys that emerge, especially for these teams. It seems like a lot of unknowns with K State, Wichita State, but. 
Uh, hopefully the virus will not get in the way, but I think it would be a little bit naive to think that that's going to happen. Yeah, and Gary, 1,500 people in Allen Fieldhouse for yeah. this year. That's boy, what a sight that's going to be. I'm, nobody's ever seen that, but uh, you as optimistic as, uh, as Jesse on that? Well, I'd say 10% because the latest, it all changes day to day, week to week, but I read yesterday somewhere that President Biden is that his leading expert is thinking about a president elector four to six week shutdown in January of the whole country if this keeps trending the wrong way. So the you know this changes so much, but the latest stuff I've read is back to the shutdown mode, and this is really bad. Hospitals are all filling up. So if this does spike over the winter. How are teams not going to have one guy turn up positive? And from what I've read and heard, one guy in the tier one group shuts down the whole team for two weeks. And then it takes a week to get back in shape for the team. So that's almost three weeks off of schedule. As of yesterday's news, I predict 10% chance to complete a full schedule. Right. And, and keep in mind that basketball builds in more flexibility with, with its schedule than that football does, right? If you lose a you, – you might be able to stack some games later in the season. Um, yeah. Anyway. All right, Taylor, what do you think? Yeah, I'm pretty pessimistic that they're going to get every single game in. I would – yeah, I would be down there, you know, maybe – I want to say 0% because WSU is – they are – from what I've been told, they are dead set on playing in this tournament in South Dakota, despite uh, South Dakota being on the travel quarantine list in Kansas. So if they play in this tournament, they will have to quarantine. There's no way around it for 14 days You know, upon the return, which they, they have two games in that 14-week span. And then the third game is on the first day right after that. So obviously they wouldn't play in that. Like Gary said, you know, you can't practice, so you'd need at least a couple days of practice. So... I don't know. It's a weird deal. I think, uh, you know, they haven't even put out their conference schedule yet. So I'm, I'm interested to see if, you know, some conferences have done pretty, um, you know, creative things where they're just going to play back. They're going to play the same opponent twice on back-to-back days at, at one location, just get two games in uh, back-to-back. So maybe the American does something creative like that. But, man, I, I can't see, uh, like, like – uh, both Gary and Jesse both pointed out, you know, it's just entirely different for basketball. If one guy gets it, you know, there's just such fewer members of the team than football that, that, that could create problems. So I'm, I'm skeptical, I'm skeptical that they get every single game in, but hopefully, you know, they can get uh, most of the regular season in and and we can play, uh, you know, NCAA tournament in March. There you go. And Kellis, what, what's become of the, the, the little apple invitational, is that still on? It's still on, but right now they only have three teams playing in it. Uh, South Dakota State was supposed to be team number four, and they bailed. They found a, a better tournament somewhere else and said, we're just going to go do that instead. So right now, Kansas State, Colorado, and Drake are still in. Kansas State's supposed to open with Drake and then play Colorado. I'm not. We talked to Bruce Weber later today, so I'm going to ask if they found a fourth team. We're doing um, a round but, problem, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, why not? It's not a true tournament anyway. Well, WSU um, should drop out and just play in that so they don't have to leave Kansas. Well, that's yeah, that's the perfect scenario right there. <laughs> but it, it's, been, it's been interesting. Even when like Kansas State finally put out their, their full basketball schedule a week or two ago and they had a, a Zoom call with Bruce and he comes out and he just says, you know, I just got to tell you, None of this is set in stone. I wouldn't even say it's written written in ink. You know, this could change. I I, I doubt we get it. A lot of these games did. So um, that right there makes you think that the odds of them playing every single game is extremely low. But, you know, I, I hope they get creative as the season goes on. If games get canceled, why not just set up some type of virtual horse event or free throw contest, dunk contest, let people judge it and win, you know, win and lose games that way. That's how they well, get the season in right there. It'd have to be virtual because nobody's going to be allowed in the building at that point. So, well, yeah, I mean, uh, you could have, you could have, you know, K, K State versus OU. They just, they're just on their own home courts watching each other on Zoom make shots. Say, All right. Well, <laughs> Me and Jesse can come up with an analytical test. And if you have a, <laughs> you're driving to the basket and you're guarded. Do you, you put up the layup or do you kick out for the, the open corner three? <laughs> you get the right, the right questions, they win. Yeah, Marcus Garrett, you took the 12-foot jumper. Only 0.8 points for possession for you on that possession. Sorry, man. <laughs> All right. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, great conversation. Uh, thanks to Taylor, to Kellis, to Jesse and Gary, and to our producer, Beth Welsh, who uh, does a great job every week with us. Guys, we'll do it again some other time. Uh, have a good morning, and we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thank you. All right. See you, guys. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Randy Mason, Beth Welch, Jeff Rosen, Chris Pickett, and Savannah Smith. A shout-out to Jesse Newell, Gary Bedore, Kellis Robinette, and Taylor Eldridge for stopping by and talking college basketball. Their stories can be found in the show notes on KansasCity.com and Kansas.com. Hey, we've got another deal for you, especially for those who want to deep dive into the Stars' terrific Chiefs coverage. For a limited time, you can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month unless you cancel. How do you get it? You go to kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. That's kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. Do you want more than just sports coverage? I know I do. Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional new sports and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at accounts.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And if you're having trouble hunting down any of these offers, send me an email, bkirkoff at kcstar.com, and I'll get you to the right place. Whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports BKC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Friday with another episode.